Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Nice slant route. This is a business decision. You know you're going to take a lump. And former linebacker Sean Barber. There's a thing called street justice. You take care of yours. Yeah. You take care of your family, take care of your chicken, take care of your money. <laughs> On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Kansas City, we are back. Players only in the building. You got a healthy dose of Sean Barber the last hour with Carrington, and now he is back in his seat on time here with Players Only. That's Sean Barber. You can follow him, Sean Barber59 on Twitter. You got an Instagram yet? Yeah, Sean Barber7884. And I would tell you with the 7884. 884 was for, but I really don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it ain't your garage code. No, nah, it ain't that. It's, um, <laughs> no. I th- yeah, never mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sean Barber, and I am Danon Hughes. You can follow me on Twitter at DAHughesGuy83 or on Instagram, Danon Hughes. And we are back to talk about these Chiefs, mix in some extras, wish everybody a happy and merry and blessed and safe Christmas. Uh, before we get into this football stuff. But Barbershop, I mean, I know we, we go into the text line and phone line. By the way, the phone line, Jay Southland Tow Service text line is open, 913-586-7610. But you got some leftovers on the text line about you uh, with your last segment with Carrington. We're going to tackle those in a little bit. But before we get to those. What you talking about? There's some, there's some creative ones in there. I guess you was flexing about how you like this weather and like playing in this weather it and is didn't what it wear is. sleeves. I'm cut different. I'm from I'm cut from a different cloth. I could have swore I seen uh, clips of you wearing sleeves on the field. I, see, there you go. See, you assuming that <laughs> something I said has to do with sleeves. Ain't, it ain't about my what I got on, sleeves, no sleeves. I'm cut from a different cloth. I told you. Oh, I, I know I, that. I was looking, I'm looking in the other guy's eyes and when I saw them shiver, that's the guy I went for. When I saw him <laughs> put his hands up under his armpits doing this little thing, I was like, oh, that's my guy. Yep. That's the guy I'm going to drug into the ground and hold down. and The warmest parts of your body? Make him say uncle. Are under the armpits, the uh, driest part of your body in rain. You know where those these, – see, these are tricks for, from wide receivers. The driest part hmm. is behind your knees. Oh, okay. Always put your hands behind your knees if you need to dry your hands off in the rain, if it was wet, if it was snow, behind your knees is going to be the driest part of your body. See? You learned something today. Oh, don't, no. don't act like I don't teach you nothing. Don't learn you something. <laughs> Every single show. Just like I've been doing all year. But, Barbershaw, we played one of your former teams yeah, man. this past week. And um, a little close for comfort. Uh, 
Well, you and I, we've talked about this. Again. I mean, in the NFL, you know, point spreads. I know, you know, Rob is involved in, in the point spreads. And you got Cody and you got a show coming on after us where they talk about all the betting. Mm-hmm. But I'm of the school of thought that in the NFL, like I would never bet the Chiefs on a double-digit I would never bet them double digit um point spreads. I don't think I would I don't think I would bet any team in, in the, the NFL, NFL yeah. versus another team in the NFL as far as me thinking that that team is consistently going to be a double digit just for the sake of how close games are played, how end of game scenarios can work when you have a bigger lead, you, you, some certain yardage and points you're, you're okay with as long as it's eating up clock, mm-hmm. what you do to preserve a victory, all those kind of things come into play. So, unfortunately, um, a team doesn't play their best version for four quarters versus another team's best version, and you get that type of um, shootout like we saw, uh, you know, what, what, three, three, four years ago against the Rams. And I think people still have that, that image of that 54 50 whatever game 54 51 was it something yeah, like that, something like that uh, yeah. versus the Rams and that's yeah, all right that's 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 Patrick Mahomes and our offense on you know level 10 and they should always be trying to score in the 50s every game again it's it's doesn't happen like that it doesn't happen like that and nor should it I mean like I've said leading up to this game you know that team gets paid too they got grown men with families mortgages bills and just because they're 111 and one one does not mean that a college team can go out there and play against them and win. Another is that they're not they're not just going to get they're just not going to roll over and die. Uh, and we saw that should have been evident the week before in playing the Cowboys yes. who at that time many thought were what the top 2 team, top 3 teams in in the NFC. So I give props to Lovey Smith for preparing that team. Uh, I give props for to Andy Reid because to me, in this last game, and I'm watching from the booth, Mitch and I are calling the game, and there are times where I focus specifically on people on the sideline, body language on the field, different things that kind of help me to put together my thoughts in responses to plays, responses to difficult situations, adversity on the field. And I thought, given the circumstance of the referees and the officiating of that game, Carl Sheffers, uh, that Andy Reid had an amazing, an amazing amount of restraint on the sideline. He displayed it much better than a lot of the players, which I understand as well, when you feel like uh, you are playing against 12 people. And in in this game, and here's the thing, we can complain about the refs, two things – can be true. More things can be true, actually. You can play good enough to win. You can play terrible. And the refs can be terrible. Doesn't mean that one supersedes the other. Doesn't mean that you're making an excuse for bad play or you're making an excuse for a win. Just means that that's a fact as well. And for a 1-11-1 team to have less than half the amount of penalties – then an 11, uh, 10 and 3 team at the time tells you something because usually the 111 and 1 team came into the game with more penalties, mm-hmm. came into the game sloppier with their play. And yes, they did. The Chiefs came into the game with 62 penalties called on the year, third in the NFL. The Texans were 66. 
coming into the game. Uh, they both were equal in giveaway takeaway, but just the way the ball bounces and how good we have as players, we were able to overcome that deficit throughout the season and still have this great record. Um, but I thought it was a wake up, another wake-up opportunity. The young guys on this team, and maybe you can agree, they come from college where when Trent McDuffie played at Washington, when Leo Chanel played at Wisconsin, when George Karloftis played at Purdue, and they played their first three or four games of the season against lesser opponents, FCS, whomever, division, whoever, um, and they blew teams out, they knew they were going to blow teams out. In the NFL, until you come upon a team like the Colts, like the Texans, and you're a rookie, you don't know that you don't blow teams out. Like, you just don't know it. You might think it, oh, we're significantly better. They're, they're terrible at this time. They're gonna, they already secured the number one pick of the draft, and we still got four games left. And then the next thing you know, you're in a dogfight, and you're realizing, I'm, still, I'm playing against grown men. And no matter how much the coaches could have told you that going into the game, some things you have to experience. And I, I commend this team that within experiencing this, they still got the win. But, I mean, again, I, I put out a challenge a little bit early. I said, you know what, the, the respect level I had of this Houston Texans team was one because I watched the film on them. I didn't – I don't ever – like we say, we, we, we kind of erased the grease board. Records get erased. When it's time to watch film, you don't look at a team like it's a 1-11 team or a 1-12 team. You look at them and, and then you look for people making plays. And I said it before, they had three rookies on their defense, uh, 48, 49, and 5. Petra, Petra yeah. um, big, big play maker from Baylor. And then on offense, unfortunately, they had three uh, rookies also that was making some big plays. Uh, DP, the running back, uh, was in the running for offensive player of the year as far as a rookie, and he got hurt. Then Nico Collins as wide receiver. And they have another rookie playing guard, I think, um, a, a, a young man playing guard. So uh, with, with three rookies on both sides of the ball, that's a young team building two. And, w- and when I talked about their, you know, um, their record uh, going down the stretch, I mean, I stand beside what I said in week eight, they had the Tennessee Titans. Then they had the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, playoff-bound New York Giants, maybe playoff-bound Washington Commanders, definitely in the playoffs, I think, the Dolphins. And then the, the one team with a losing record over those from weeks eight to now, uh, last week playing us, was the Cleveland Browns, which was the homecoming for Deshaun Watson, you know, and, that, and, and all the emotion that brought back, and he was going to get his best game. Uh, and then the Dallas Cowboys and then the, the Kansas City Chiefs. So, so you tell me there's a stretch of, you know, really good teams at the end of the year you're playing against, and you start off, you know, one and six or whatever their record was going into, you know, week eight. I mean, that's a gauntlet of, of teams yeah. to play against. And it, it's not surprising they came out one and 11, one and 12. I mean, they played, a, they played all playoff quality teams, and then they played against a, a, a Deshaun Watson with no film on them with over what, 700 days of, of, of inactivity, just, just scratching to get back on the field. Uh, I, I think that they've shown that they're able to play quality football for four quarters. They've kept their special teams at a high, uh-huh. their special teams at cover units and been performing as the number two unit in the league, I think, so far this year. And besides that, they just don't, they don't have the skill players to be able to go toe-to-toe with anybody um, right now, especially these heavy-hitting teams they've been playing against. And I think that they should be kind of proud about the quality of football, the fact that they are in it in the fourth quarter and not giving up against teams that they are outmanned and outgunned against. 
Um, I think they definitely got a lot of favorable calls from the refs. We we already know this Jeffers guy. We he left here maybe a little bit bitter, a little bit with his feelings hurt, and he was maybe trying to get a little payback against the Chiefs. And he might have had us circled in, on his on his uh, calendar. I can't wait to see that team again. They, you know, brought me to tears back in Arrowhead, and I'm, a, I'm a, I might make them come tears uh, uh, one night in Houston. So yeah. uh, I, I only think two all times that, this year. That we've been, uh, or I should say two times this year, we've been penalized for 10, 10 times or more, and both of those times he's been the ref. Danny, you was there at the game. Can you explain to me the Juan Thornhill when he got pushed down and he got called for passing the friend? Like, yeah, I didn't understand that. In the end zone? Yes. When the receiver, he's standing still. <laughs> yes. The receiver ran right into him, moved him out of the way. He and fell down. He fell down, and he got called. I didn't understand that either. And I'm a wide receiver. You know I'm a little biased. I, I, and I looked at it like, like, what else was he supposed to do? Like, in that situation, was he just supposed to say, excuse me, and let him keep running to the corner of the end zone? He just stood. He was just standing stood in there. His ground. Like, it, it, and it came in so emphatically. Though sometimes, like, the, the, the officials, when they throw the flags and it's so emphatic, like, they were right on top of it. That's the ones that pissed me off the most. Because I'm like, you had to have been looking elsewhere – and you caught something out the corner of your eye that you thought was a flag and you threw it. But don't come running in like, I got this, I got, yeah, I got this right here. And then you go into Cheffers and you say, you know, defensive pass interference or whatever. Because that was the most, that, I wouldn't say that was the most ridiculous call, mm. but it was one of the, it was very indicative of how the game was going. And, and while we're talking about it, the Kelsey, the personal foul on Kelsey. Always catch the second guy. Well, okay, you can say that to a, to a point. But it's a reason the referees huddle around. So that means all of the referees saw the same thing. They, they, they're they all saying that no one saw the fact that after the initial tackle that the safety was pushing his helmet back down into the ground, kind of leaning on it. And the safety wasn't even involved in the wasn't tackle. Involved, that was an extra – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to, to, to tell me nobody saw that extra guy come in and, and antagonize it. And then what you're saying that Kelsey did, that it was a personal foul – his reaction was not even extensive. Yeah. There was no swinging of punches or nothing like that. Yeah. Somebody is holding my head down extent, extended amount of time, and I'm just trying to get my head up. Yeah, I agree. Everybody knew what he was doing. He didn't want him to do the first yeah. down thing. Okay, yeah. but but it, at least it should have been offsetting or something like that. And so. you make a great point there before we go to commercial because – the referees came together. Yes. <laughs> so it's not – so that's the thing. Like, I'd love to have – I know they're mic'd up. They never would ever release it. But I'd love to hear what you're actually talking about in that circumstance and in multiple circumstances. Yeah. You come together and you chat for 30 seconds, what seems like two hours, but it's probably only t 15 seconds, and then you come out with this supposed we're of one accord now. And what did y'all discuss during that time? Mm -hmm. You also have earpieces, so you're hearing from New York. You're hearing from the people up in the booth. So all of this communication, and that's what you come out with. To me, it, it, I'd love to see the accountability more, but I, I'll get into that during my hot takes. But when we come back, uh, we got the Spitfire hot takes. Fire! Oh. Let's do it. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here I go! Wait, and he gets buried! He gets destroyed by Sean Barber! Yeah, yeah. Spicy like gumbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maddox throws over the middle, intercepted. Intercepted in the end zone. Picked off by Sean Barber. Man, let me give a shout out real quick to my, the people, my man Kenley Strickland at KC Daiquiri Company and Bistro. And also one of Dana's spots, Soiree down on 18th and Vine. Because when y'all start talking about that mystical and that gumbo, he say spicy like gumbo, I think about some of the best food here in Kansas City. So, I mean, I know that ain't my hot fire take, but it needs to hit the fire because that food be. Uh, uh. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, We're turning to sports. Almighty. We're turning sports into music here. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Players only. We give you what you want, man. We yeah. give the people what they want. That's give what, they, what want. they need. They may not even know what they want. We just give them what they need. <laughs> yes, sir. It's Christmas time. You don't know. You got Christmas lists out there. Go ahead and get you a couple of gift cards to KC Bistro, Daiquiri Shop, also down to Soiree. Some excellent food here in Kansas City. Both spots that I frequent pretty often. Uh, we are back. Players only. That's Sean Barber. I am Danon Hughes, as I said. The Jay Southland Toe Service text line is open, 913-586-7610. And this is the hot fire, spitfire, fire take. What you got, Barbershop? Man, first and foremost, let me give a shout-out to my guy, uh, the middle linebacker, man, 32. He's mm-hmm. been holding it down for us for a long time, man. This young man has been playing way beyond his years. So I know that, that the Pro Bowl selection came out, and they tried to say that, no, nah, you know, we had seven guys. Man, I don't – we had eight. Should have had eight. We should have had eight because that young man has been holding down the Mike linebacker position. Has been a a, a brick wall for our team. Um, he stopped you in your tracks, and so Mr. Bolton, um, I, I I don't know what the voters were doing. I don't know about no votes or nothing. But you got my Pro Bowl vote. Oh yeah. As far as linebacker, I don't think there's a better uh, linebacker in the AFC than that young man. So. Um, was I'm not a Mosley? Mizzou guy. Was it Mosley? C.J. Mosley, Roquan, and History, Roquan yeah. Smith, and C.J. Mosley are the two careers. That got over. They have they've had some fine careers, but far this as this year? season, 
yeah, no, the, the guy here in Kansas City, our, our guy is the best. Um, Wasn't so Roquan? Didn't he get traded? Oh yeah, he went from the he went the from the Bears to somebody else, right? Yeah, Jets. No, no, Mosley's at the Jets. Ravens. Ravens. He's at the Ravens. How, how you, go, yeah. you you get the Pro Bowl? You ain't even good enough to stay on your same team, but you get to come on man. in a different conference. I could see if you was in the AFC and you went to another AFC team and you just picked up where you left off. But you went from one one yeah. different conference to the other different different conference. That's all about a name thing. That's that's you know that's one of those awards. That's a pretty much the epitome of we recognize this name and his longevity better than this this other kid that's uh, you know in his you know, second year and doing damage like he is. From one LB to another, brother. You got my respect out there on the field. We'll give you that fire. Fire! Woo! Almighty fire! Dang, you you didn't carry that note very well, that that last one. You kind of lost it. All right, here's my Spitfire take, and I've said this in previous weeks, but I kind of we kind of teased it and talked about it just a little bit earlier in regards to the officiating in the NFL. Like, there needs to be some sort of kind of alliance that goes along with accountability. I like that in the NFL regarding officiating. The fact that they are the only entity that is involved in the game that does not have to be accountable to media does not have to be accountable, truly accountable to the players, to to the teams. Uh, They don't ever recognize themselves as factors in games, wins, or losses. There is no calling on the carpet in regards to uh, specific people within a group, within that team, within Carl Sheffer's team, because even though he gets the brunt, because he's got that white hat on. Mm-hmm. There are other components, other people that are involved. Uh, you look at the egregious call against the Washington Commanders, another one of your former teams, <sighs> with uh, Terry McLaurin lining up off the line of scrimmage, but you can see the communication that goes on with he, and he and the official are literally less than five yards apart because he's lining up wide Yes, because it's a run play. And he wants to widen out the defense. So he's as close to the official on the sideline as you probably could possibly be. Looking for the nonverbal, the yeah, handout. The handout. Which you're on the line. That's, that's, the, that's the nonverbal that we know the default. When the referee puts it, that means you're on the on line. The, yeah. And for him to call that a legal formation after he says, I asked him. Yeah. And the fact that Terry McLaurin is an ex-receiver. Oh, my goodness. And he's been around the league for a, a while. So he's lined up on the line of scrimmage. He's lined up likely the 60-plus plays, yep. maybe half or more of those plays. He's lined up specifically on that side with that official. So you know what the gestures are. He, They know each other. They know what they're looking for. And then the fact that that flag came in and it was specifically a play – that cost them the game. Yes. It cost them the game. Uh, there are plays in our game that could have cost us the game. And so my hot fire take is accountability. Like, it, it has to be demanded for uh, the league reps, the NFLPA, the player reps. When you're talking about flags that are thrown and no accountability, somebody should have to step up to the microphone and say, this is what why it happened. This is what we saw. This is how do you how do you make this call but you don't make that call. 
Those are the questions that you should have to answer. And if you're going to answer that, I didn't see that as clearly or mm -hmm. I didn't see that as uh, an infraction that warranted a flag, like there could be holding on every single play. So why do you call it on that play? There could be a push-off from a wide receiver, a, a hold, uh, an incidental contact down the field, or contact down the field by a defensive back. A receiver can run right into the DB like we saw against Juan Thornhill and that flag be thrown. But we can also see other times where DBs are draped over receivers or receivers are pushing off and those flags not called. So I'm saying there needs to be more accountability. If you're really caring about the integrity of the game and not so much about finding players, one, don't find a player if there's no flag thrown on the field. That's one easy fix, and I've said that weeks ago. The other, make the officials accountable, just like you make everybody else. You call the coaches, they got to get on the podium 10 minutes after a game. You call the quarterbacks, you got the media, the mics and the faces of all the players, wins or losses, devastating losses, or what have you. Get those officials up there too. That's like a low burn simmer. That's not fire? Uh, it's like a, a It's kind of smoky. Like, it's like a George it's like, Foreman grill? Yeah, it's like Smokey the Bear. <laughs> Even you can prevent forest fires. Uh, <laughs> I ain't going to listen to you, but I, here's what I am going to do, because before we get to halftime of this show, I want to go back, because you, you must have been talking a little bit of, uh, of nonsense nah, with, with Carrington in the last show, because there's a couple up. of te uh, texts, and remember, the text lines are open, we got one call on hold, we'll get to you in the next segment, but 913-586-7610, Barbershop, so wise. Yeah, Just sit back and learn some. That's Rafiki. That's knowledge, bro. He's telling that's C. Dot. So, that's coming from Virginia. So that must be a family member that said that. I don't know. Man, 804 <laughs> is Virginia. I don't know what 864 is. 804. Uh huh. You know uh huh. What I, mean? I don't. I don't load. I don't. I don't. I don't load the voting box. I don't. I don't. You know. Hey, these are all. Uh, in barbershop we trust. Barbershop is telling the truth. My man B shop. Uh, oh, this is the best goodness. show. Hold up. I see hold your up, head Sean inflating. I see, I see your, your head getting big right from over here. Barbara, I love you, man. Man, it, it's, it's, it's all love. I think that the text line is definitely in the holiday spirit. Yeah. I'm not saying these are gifts, but I, I do enjoy all the positivity coming through the text line. You ain't reading the negative ones. You just well, skipping just, over those. Hey, man, I see a selective. I got selective vision. You know what I'm saying? I got selective vision. So. All right. We're going to come back after halftime. We got to talk about the holidays. We got to talk about this cold weather, how it affects us. I know I played in some cold games. You acted like you was uh, just Iron Man. That's right. You like you, you were Iron Man out there. But we're going to talk about some of those experiences and how this game can be affected based on those elements. Bam, 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 bam. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Bono looking to pass the football, goes in the middle, pass is cut, touchdown Kansas City, touchdown Chiefs, touchdown Chiefs, Damon Hughes took the bullet over the middle from Steve Bono. First and 10 for the Chiefs at the 14 of the Steelers, halfback pass, Marcus Allen right side, touchdown Kansas City, Damon Hughes from Marcus Allen. A 
expert analysis, news, and views from Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Dana Hughes. This so-called number one defense in the NFL that hadn't played anybody during the last part of the season, and we showed who was the best team on this field and deserved to host another AFC championship for four straight years. But you can call him D-Nice. Just call me D-Nice. And we're back, players only, halftime break. Sean Barber, a.k.a. Barbershop, and I'm Danon Hughes. We got the phone line and the Jay Southland Tow Service text line open, 913-586-7610. And you know what this segment is? Anyways, with that, time's yours. Time's yours. Time's yours. Time's yours. Time's yours. Time's yours. It was a great game by everybody. Time's yours. All right, time's yours. And we got Dan. Dan from KCK. What you got, Dan? Hey, Dan. Hey, Sean. How you doing? How about those Chiefs? Seven straight AFC West titles. It wasn't pretty, but, you know, it went to win. You know, just got to clean some things up. They didn't got to quit turning the ball over and everything, you know, but it, they'll, they'll they'll come together. You know, it's it's a long season, you know, and uh, my thoughts would go out to uh, Franco Harris. And last week, Dan, maybe uh, I didn't say, like, uh, I didn't mean, like, the Chiefs didn't beat. I, I remember that Joe Montana come back and that Pete Stoyanovich kick. I, I just remember those uh, games in uh, Old Mile High when they, they were up to business. Sessions and Elway would bring bring him back, but uh, it ain't like the Chiefs Raiders rivalry. I remember when the Elvis Gerbot hitting Spider Man Rising on the last play. I remember that very well. So let's take care of the Seahawks. Take care of yourself, guys. Uh, Merry Christmas, Dan. <laughs> what was he, he talking about? He talking about uh, the, he talking about how you can't beat the Broncos. He bringing up every 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 week. He slides it in there about how your teams, when you play for the Chiefs, stumbled, bumbled, and couldn't beat the Broncos, and you never pick up on. It. He just. I love it, man. It's like this backhanded slap he gets you at every time. So did he talk about the Colts no punt? See, there you go. What why, happened? Why you got to talk, talk about, about that one? There you go. Talk I, about I, old I, stuff. Because I, I, sne- I had to sneeze off no. air. I didn't know if he – I had to Dan, take my headphones off. Thanks. That's the way to bring it up, Dan. <laughs> I love the way you stab Dana in the side, and he don't even realize it until minutes later. <laughs> All right, we got, we got Scott. What's going on, Scott? <laughs> time, yours. Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh you know, Dana, you brought up in the last segment the accountability for officials. And, you know, you being a two-sport athlete, you might have a – and I don't know, Barbara, you may have played more sports than uh, – He played hopscotch. Uh-uh, Scott, I like where you're going. You coming with some intellect here. I like the way you're setting this up. I, like, I'm, I'm waiting to hear what you got to say. Let's do it. Let's keep it, <laughs> well, keep it going. I just, I just think officials in football have more um, say in the outcome of games than any other sport. I mean, you know, we can gripe about, you know, umpires in baseball and strike zones or missing a call here or there, whatever. And, you know, obviously I'm a huge basketball fan too. And I, you know, officials can take over games and that, but I feel like with football, the, the fewer possessions and the punitive nature of uh, penalties, like, I mean, uh, one drive last week in the Chiefs game, the, there were three third-down penalties that yes. ex- extended a drive on, you know, for the Texans. Yes. Not to mention that that what I thought was a pretty bogus holding call really wrecked the Chiefs' drive where they were about ready to put their uh, foot on the throat of the Texans there midway through the second half. And, you know, I mean, like you mentioned, the the call in the Commanders' game where they, they didn't give him the benefit of the doubt on the uh, – minus scrimmage and then the very next play obvious pass interference or at very least illegal contact yeah. you know and those are plays that anyway i just 
I love what you say about accountability. I just would love to hear your thoughts on more. What are the solutions? And I don't know that accountability actually will do anything if they answer questions because it's, it's already done after the fact. And I'm sure both you guys have stories from uh, your playing careers where, yeah, you guys got a letter on Wednesday that the NFL that the officials screwed up, but that doesn't change the fact that you lost the game on Sunday, yeah. you know? So I'd love to hear more about your solutions for that. I appreciate that, Scott. A very sensible take, you know, thorough, a little bit over the head of barbershop, but I got what you were thinking. I got what you were talking about, Scott, and I appreciate it. I will say this. I, I 100% agree. So when he asked the question about what can you do about it, right now it's my understanding that the accountability only lies in who's going to be afforded playoffs, which is extra checks for officials and who will be awarded a Super Bowl, their crew, whichever crew, and they're all graded every week. And by no means am I saying all of them, there's like one crew that's superior to others, and I'm sure there, it's kind of the, the, uh, you know, the best of the bad in some cases. Mm-hmm. Who's the best of the bad? Because you got to have crews and you can't just replace an entire crew during a season. But I feel like when we have to step to the microphone as players, we are allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and susceptible to any question that is asked. And our words will carry on through the entire season. If we say something idiotic, if we say something that doesn't make sense, or if we make a blame game or what have you, like that carries on. I mean, they're still doing, talking about practice with Allen Iverson, and he ain't even playing no more in the league. So you can think back to all those comments at the podium, and in some cases, how some of those comments, like let's go back to Chris Jones after the Indianapolis Colts game. He owned it up. He had to be accountable. He was at the podium. He said it, and we haven't seen anything like that since then because he had to stand up and say that. Now, as an official, to me, if you got to be a guy that after every single game, there's one person in your crew or the white hat has to stand up and be accountable for something, don't you think that there's going to be a heightened focus on not having that reoccur the next week or the weeks down the road or the next time you you um, you uh, officiate a game for the Chiefs. Also, if you listen to broadcast, and I'm going on a rant here, no, but you if, you listen, if you listen to the broadcast uh, after that game, I believe it was the Raiders where we had the 10 penalties and it was called Sheffers, and I, I went off on it at halftime on how – disrespectful they were in not even going over to the sideline of the Chiefs and listening and at least taking an earful of Andy Reid in a crucial play of the game. Well, they did the exact same thing this past week. Those are things that you guys don't see uh, on television, but I am in the booth and I see the officials specifically staying on the side of the field of the Houston Texans when it's clearly a, a time with commercials or whatever, preparing for a kickoff, where you can go over and at least have a, a conversation or at least hear the coach out where he can feel like I got to say my piece. And the fact that they don't do that for Andy Reid, who's been around the league forever, highly regarded, I feel like that's a, there's a concerted effort not to do that, which could add to the reasons why you call so many flags. And if you had to stand at the podium and had a person like me ask you that question, how come you don't go over and talk with Andy, but I see you go over and talk with Lovey, and I see you go over and talk with these other coaches. 
Do you think that the next time that you coach or you officiate a game against the Chiefs, you might have a heightened awareness of, yeah, I'm going to be asked this question, so I'm going to go over there and talk with Andy or at least hear him out. Those are the accountability things that we as players and coaches have to have, to have and I feel like the officials are purposely left out. That's my rant. Well, it's not a rant because the text line loves it. Uh, 864 says, preach, Dana, man, the best solution I've well, ever heard. Uh, referees definitely need well, a press well. conference. Uh, that would be a, a real must-watch TV. Um, if you ask me from a solution-based standpoint, I'm going to go with um, – I, I don't know how anyone or any group of men can get better at anything because I think at the end of the day, it's not really the calls that people are frustrated it's the amount of inconsistency from team to team. Mm-hmm. So if, let's say, the referees had to actually go watch film and do, like, a uh, virtual, they watch games together and a group of 100 officials all clicking what you would call at certain times, and then you could see after each play how many guys called what, it would, it would at least bring some consistency to their eyes and how much holding is holding, how much – hand play and hand fighting should be allowed. And then whoever that, you know, whoever they consider the head of officials can go through that with those gentlemen and say, these are the calls we would like you to see in these events. Get everybody on the same page. And the only way they can create some consistency is for everybody to get on the same page. Yeah. I think as long as it's not being called across the board, game in and game out, because there's no way when you look back at the Tom Brady uh, when the guy from Atlanta threw him to the ground, and that was uh, uh, roughing the passer. Yeah, you and then see our the same game, thing. we Patrick just saw Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes get body slammed. body slammed, and that's just a good play. And it it just it looks so similar, but the result is nowhere near the same. Um, it, it, that that's the frustrating part, and I know it, it becomes like a certain fan base, you know, uh, crying for a call. It, that it's not about that. consistency. They just want to see, no matter if it's Thursday night, Sunday night, Saturday during the day, no matter if it's their team uh, or the rival team, they want consistent penalties being called. Yeah, that's. I think all players want that. And when you leave a game, and when Chris Jones can say, "Hey, I've been told what I can't do, but I have never been told what we can do," and every game is different. I think that's along your point. Well, that's it. We got Big T. Hold on one more for one more segment. We're coming to the fourth quarter. We'll get to you, Big T. Uh, We'll tackle a couple more text messages, and we got to talk about this upcoming game against the Seahawks. This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Wait, and he gets buried. He gets destroyed by Sean Barber. Y'all better get ready to rumble. We're going to cut that off. No, double up on we that. We're going to cut that off. We do not. What's up? What's we more cannot, than a good thing? It is impossible double up on to that give good, that intro. Sean Barber two intros yes, in a show. I mean, I know it's Christmas time, and I'm supposed to be in the spirit of giving, but I ain't giving that. I ain't giving mm-hmm. that no more. No mas. Man, get to let's my Man, you keep my man on hold. You Big know T. I can't wait. All right, we're going to get to Big T. Big T, what you got, bro? Hey, hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. So I'd first like to say, you know, that segment at the end of the drive where they have Carrington and, and Barbershop on, man, that's some good radio where they debate back and forth oh. on different scenarios. I love that. And, and they keep bringing it. That's beautiful, beautiful radio. I love it. And they followed up with this show. It's even better because you guys bring the players' perspectives on defense and offense. Appreciate You're that. talking about the referees. I love that. Make them accountable. Anything else you could throw out there, we just love and absorb. 
uh, like a sponge, that information that the players bring us. And um, I'm glad Dan brought up uh, Franco Harris, man. He was a great. I loved watching him. Him and Rocky Blyer were, were, were a great one-two punch combo. I can't believe they haven't retired his number yet. But yeah, way to go. Franco Harris, rest in peace, man. And then, you know, I was young enough. I remember uh, the Seattle game. They used to be in our division. I you guys remember that. They played us twice. And I was there at that game where uh, Derek Thomas made both that single season in Sacred, but we still lost. I mean, 17 16 is just such a gut punch, gut riching game. But those were always good rivals. And they had Steve Largent and, and Craig. And that was just a beautiful, beautiful rival. And I'm glad the Seahawks are coming in because we're going to kick the Sea Squawks' asses. we got to oh. put the hammer down on them. We're going to take care of business. And, you know, Christmas Eve, this is going to be beautiful. we got all this football coming in next day on football. So let's just keep it rolling. Let's let's back our Chiefs. We're going to be a blanket. All our blankets and keep them warm. Pat Mahomes is going to throw for four touchdowns. And everybody, let's go Chiefs. Choo-choo! 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 Appreciate it, Big T. I like all the energy. I like uh, – I appreciate the acknowledgement. Uh, I really enjoy the segments that – uh, Carrington and Barbershop has or Barbershop Rafikism. Uh, and I, I know he uses up all his Rafikiing for that show because he never brings it on this show to me. <laughs> so that just tells you about the integrity of this show. But also the Seahawks in town, Barbershop. Uh, I played in an epic game Ooh, against okay. the Seahawks, not the one he was speaking of where DT had, I believe, seven sacks and missed the, the, the eighth sack, which mm. was the go-ahead touchdown that they lost a the game. But seven sacks in a game, um, I'm sure that, that that offensive tackle, I would like to think that he probably had to take a commercial flight back. If you give up seven sacks against <laughs> one cat, like you, you got, you're going to have to uh, definitely yeah, look yeah. in your locker that the next tough. day to see if you're still employed. Can't find no friends in the locker room after that kind of show. No. You, you basically was like, not the bull rider. What's the, what's the dude that says Ole? That's basically <laughs> what you was doing to DT, just throwing up that red cape say, and letting him fly right past you. But I played in Lake Arrowhead. Against the Seahawks. Lake Arrowhead, 1998, where the rains delayed the game during the game. The locker room flooded. Water was flowing down the stairs. We were underwater on the field. And we came out with the victory against Warren Moon and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Ricky Running Waters was on that team, I remember. Uh, It was a good, good matchup. I think it was a Sunday night game as well. So... In the rain, flooding and everything, Lake Arrowhead. There's some great pictures. DT with his helmet off, sitting on the field after a sack. Um, great, great, great experiences. So we got the Seahawks in town. What you think about that? Well, if, I mean, first and foremost, man, shout out to Kevin Lockett, his son Tyler Lockett. Yep. Uh, that's one of the guys who are near and dear to, I think, both our hearts. Uh, Kevin being an ambassador, but also a great friend and also a leader in our community. Uh, his son is just a mountain of a man. Uh, the, the things he's done um, on and off the field. His faith and everything he's doing yeah. as far as uh, non-for-profit and everything he's done in that Seattle market and what he did when he played for K-State. Uh, rewriting all the record books, uh, trying to you know erase all his, his dad's, Kevin's names out the books. Doing for a heck of a job. A great job of that. <laughs> uh, so we definitely got to get that, that, that little stab in. Uh, but, man, just, just having family come back in town, I know it's a blessing to have that, you know, having the, the Lockett family all together and being able to, even though, you know, Kevin, I mean, uh, Tyler's, Suffering from a uh, broken finger, so he, he's, he's out. Not gonna he, play. He's not going to play. Just having him be back in the area if he travels with the team. Um, but just having the family around and being obviously in the Christmas spirit. Uh, but but big, big Big T did mention, uh, you know, Franco Harris. We definitely want to make yeah. sure that that was a big loss. And also Ronnie Hillman, you know, from the yeah. Broncos, that running back, running I think 31-year-old, 31, 31 I think, something like that. Um, Cancer. Don, 
gone uh, way too young, way too young. So uh, both of those guys, man, you know, it's, a, it's a, always a brotherhood and a fellowship on the field. Uh, but Let's I think this game families. is going – we're going to take care of business, man. Uh, we, we still got that number one seed we're looking at. Uh, let's find a way to uh, right the wrong and get get back on that ship. I'm sure that the Buffalo Bills will have a hiccup. Rob, us. we got some different closing music. We know we got to be out. Oh, we got to be out in one minute. Hold on. Hold Did, on that music. Is he playing the Bills? No, you got to play. You got to play. You, you know this is. Oh, I was getting ready to say. If that was you Rob. You know what song this is. I was this about is to, that Silent Night. This is the real Silent Night. I was about to come through that window. In my mind. There you go. I don't want you to sing it. Who sings this? You know who sings this? Barbershop? I want you to know. Chiefs going to win. It's all about the Chiefs this weekend. Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, Have a blessed, safe, and Merry Christmas. Christmas. Oh, if I knew Barbershop was going to sing this, I wouldn't have brought it up. It's definitely time to go. Go Chiefs this weekend. We'll talk to you next week before the New Year's. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.